I'm Romy Newman, the co-founder and president of Fairy God Boss, and this is Fairy God Boss Radio. Welcome. Today, I'm joined by Carla Grant Pickens, who's the Global Chief Diversity Officer at IBM. Welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you, Romy. I am so excited to be here with you. We're so excited to have you. Carla, tell us about your experience. You've been with IBM a long time. How did you start there? What brought you there originally? Yeah, so I've been with IBM in my 21st year, my career here. And, you know, my career journey probably was not the traditional journey for those who are interested in HR as a career. Many people start in this space really aspiring to this. And so this was something that became a passion for me personally. Um, And it really wasn't my original intent with my career. I really started my journey out of college doing consulting, most of which was around project management and consulting, doing government contracting. So that's really where I started my career. And um, that actually led to me almost stumbling into HR through HR at that time, which they called HR information systems. So Mm -hmm. it was stumbling into a role in which I actually managed the company's IT systems. And I really, really enjoyed it. I think that became like the bug of interest, you know, getting the bug where I was very interested not only in, in IT and HR software, but really became interested in learning more about HR as a whole. That piqued my interest and my company at the time, Northrop Grumman, which where I started my career, paid for me to get my master's in HR. Wow. It really solidified my interest in HR, where I ended up going and working for PeopleSoft, who was purchased by Oracle. And I did both, again, consulting, professional services, and account management in their HR software area for all of their various industries. And that then led to me coming to IBM um, and consulting. But then I made that leap into corporate HR, where I got the opportunity to do various roles as an HR generalist in talent executive development and succession, and now as the CDIO. So just many, many opportunities at IBM. What do you think it was about HR that so drew you in? You know, I think it was the aspect of people, people Mm -hmm. and culture. And I was really kind of keenly interested initially around uh, recruitment, just really people's passion and helping them really find the job and the career that they wanted. And then as I got into kind of the corporate setting, it was really working with business leaders to really bring the HR programs and solutions that they needed to be successful in the business. So it was really the people aspect that I really enjoy most. Love that. And I think your story is so instructive because often we come out of university or start a career and you don't know, it's hard to know what is going to be the thing that attracts you. So when you find it, you have to lean into it and pursue it. You do. You do. And I think that that's why my story is so different because, you know, I had a BS in economics, but when I graduated, I really was uncertain. And there's a lot of people uncertain about where their career is going to go. So having the opportunity to explore different things 
your passion may come to you, not from your childhood. Like I really admire people who from their childhood know what they want to be, but my passion really did come in my mid twenties. And so for those that don't quite know what they want in their career, it's really about exploring the different opportunities for which are available to you and your companies or, or what you're trying to pursue. So it's a great example of that. Keep your eyes open, explore, and be excited to learn new things. Yeah. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit about how gender has played a role in your career. I can't imagine there were a lot of women or a lot of women of color um, as consultants when you started right out of school. Yeah, you know, so this was something that was challenging for me. You know, I've had mostly men that I've reported to in my career. And then greater than 80% of the clients that I worked with, they were men. And in tech, it's mostly male-dominated, as we know. So understanding leadership styles and their expectation was really, really important for me to be able to navigate and build relationships. I think that, like you said, the most challenging has been my overall identity as a Black woman, Um, not having a lot of people who look like me. And as I was thinking about, um, Romy, you and I together meeting and talking, you know, I thought about like my entire undergrad and grad career. I had one Black professor during my entire education, and I've only worked from one Black male in my entire career. Um, And for me, that has been something for which it stood out. But I also looked at how I leverage my relationships around mentoring and sponsorship and how I've had some really good allies in both my male and female white leaders who have really advocated for me and have mentored me and sponsored me even well after working for them, um, how important those relationships are to my success And so I've been able to do both leverage the allyship, but also recognize that it would have been nice to have more leaders like myself. And that explains why you're doing what you're doing now, right? Because I imagine you're thinking about how do you create people who are in these mentorship, sponsorship, leadership, role model roles for all kinds of diverse people in the organization now? Absolutely. So true. So true. So now that you are one of the leaders... How do you think about mentoring, sponsoring? How do you make time and how can you mentor at scale? Yeah, so, you know, this is such an important aspect. And I speak to this quite a bit with IBMers and even external to IBM on how important a mentor has been in my own career. Knowing when to have a mentor versus a sponsor versus a coach, because they are clearly three different things. And so I think it's important that you understand what your need is. Do you need someone that is going to help you with your career? Do you need someone who is going to be an expert in an area that you aspire to go to? Is it someone you admire and they are someone who has the type of skills you want to build? Or is it someone who is really going to be a champion for you and an advocate and is going to have a voice at the table that may make a decision about your career. So you have to really think about what you want. And I think what I love about the programs that we do have at IBM, we do reverse mentoring where we'll have millennials or people of color or women 
to be able to mentor some more of our senior leaders. We have programs that are voluntary and we have programs for which we are very specific about how we want to grow women through mentorship or sponsorship or through coaching or leadership or technical leadership. And so we find many ways in which we develop and deploy these programs, either on a geography or a global basis, that are both direct mentoring for a purpose, um, for specific groups, for everyone, or for reverse mentoring, which is beneficial to both parties. And so that's how we approach it. I personally mentor about 12 to 15 women. I have a lot of different people I mentor. So I do spend the time and I commit to them. And even if I don't think I can mentor them on the right person, I may have them go somewhere else, but maybe I'm just coaching at a point in time around career. And so I make sure that I'm giving back in that way. Yeah. And I love that point that I haven't really heard before, but if you can't mentor them, whether because of bandwidth or not the right skills, you can advise them on how to find a mentor that's the right mentor, a mentor matchmaker. Yes, absolutely. And I love that. I, I do that often, but sometimes it may not even be that you should be the person that mentors them. It may be that they're coming to you from my HR lens for maybe just career advice. Mm -hmm. And so maybe you meet them on those pivotal moments of career advice. Yes. Mentored by someone that's really the best fit for them for what they're aspiring to do or what they're aspiring to grow into. I love that. And I think it is an important point to make that the right mentor isn't always like the most, like the most geographically desirable, right? It's you've got to find somebody who really is going to fill in the gaps and not just because they're a senior leader there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes, like you said, it's, it's, it may be a gap. It may be a skill you want to build. Well, who's the best at that is what I think about. Who's the best at that skill? That's the person you probably want to mentor you, the person to have experience. I think that networking experience as well is something that becomes really important. Maybe you need to build your network. So who is really strong at networking and eminence? That's the person you want to learn from. So those things are really important. Excellent. So Carla, could you tell us about a mistake you made along the way and what did you learn from it? You know, this is such a great question because I think about many mistakes I've made. We all do. (laughs) But I think that the one that I think if I could change, it would be having fear. It would be being more risk averse and not really being able to step up to something that I know that I should have because I have fear. Because I think It is something that can stop you from being your best when you have fear. Mm -hmm. And so if I could change anything about my experience, I would have probably showed up a little earlier in my career advocating for myself and not asking for something that I wanted from my leader out of fear. I wish I would have showed up sooner asking for what I want. I wish I would have taken a little bit more risk And that networking thing, it was something that I always in the beginning perceived as something that was kind of often people would say, you know, that's kind of a little cheesy to network, right? That was the perception and it was self-serving and I didn't want to be, it was about perception. Right. So I didn't really learn how to network effectively until my late 20s. 
So that was something I wish I would have done a little sooner because it's been all great when I began to do these things, which women are often told not to do, to be quiet, to be humble. Don't talk a lot about yourself. Don't ask for what you want. Wait, work hard and it'll be given to you. Those were probably not best advice for us to have. But I think when I got over my fear, that's when I really began to grow at a much rapid pace than before. All I can say is no, right? Right. Bad. Right. Don't be afraid to ask. Right. I really identify with that. I always say that if I think we're so worried about being annoying or self-serving. Right. And if you don't feel like you're being a little bit aggressive, you're probably not even nearly aggressive enough. That's right. It doesn't hurt to ask. Don't be afraid to ask. You don't get anything unless you ask. Absolutely. So, you know, my thing is don't let your fears hold you back. Let that be the engine to inspire you to move forward. I love that. So, Carla, 2020 has been a very challenging and difficult year. What are you doing differently as a result? What advice do you have for our audience? Yeah. So for your audience, look, I think that many people, you know, with the pandemic and with the race crisis we're having here in the U.S., this has been a really, really trying time for all of us. And many people have lost loved ones and they're facing a lot of daily struggles. And so the thing that I really honed in on back in around the May and the June timeframe was that self-care was really, really important. And that this was a time that we all have to kind of think about how we're going to be more resilient, mm-hmm. how we're going to adapt. And so I began to ensure that I started meditating again. Wow. So that was something that I used to do. I stopped doing just from a work perspective. And I found that I was finding myself struggling with stress and struggling with everything going on. And that meditation really helped me relieve stress. Exercise and walking and hydrating, so Mm -hmm. important. Taking breaks. We all got into this shelter in place. So it was important for me to see and get fresh air, to see the sun and to get out. And of course, using all of those safety measures, but exercise. And so those two things together have been really helpful for me. Yes, absolutely. And so what would you say to people who right now are struggling with work-life balance, struggling with personal responsibilities and with having their work in their home, meditate? What else would you tell them to do to help manage it? Yeah, so look, you know, as CDIO, this has been something that has hit me right, you know, front and center. And I just think it's so important that people do not be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. You know, we have, in addition to these crises, this is really showing us that this is often becoming a mental health crisis for many. And so asking for help and support is a good thing. Mm -hmm. I encourage people to. I encourage them to also seek and get the help. And I encourage them to show up and be their true selves and their authentic selves to say, I need help. And I may have mental health issues and I need someone to help me through these moments. And so facing those daily struggles are going to be very, very important in this moment for everyone. Back to asking. Asking for help. Absolutely. All right, Carla, we're going to move to our fun questions. You ready? Yes. What is your favorite karaoke song? Ah, Gloria Naylor, I Will Survive. Yes. (laughs) 
especially in 2020, right? Yes, right. It's been my song for several years for karaoke, but my goodness, it does apply today. Who is a celebrity you'd like to have dinner with? I would love to have dinner with Michelle and Barack Obama together. I could get a pair. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. What book would you recommend to our audience? Oh, wow. I just finished reading Cast by Isabel Wilson. I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was thoughtful. So in this moment, that would be something I would recommend for everyone. So this is a fairy godboss tradition. As we've talked about, women are not great at advocating for ourselves and especially not great at claiming our achievements, right? And so what I'd like to challenge you to do is brag for us. Carla, could you please talk to us? Tell us about one of your greatest achievements. Oh, that's terrific. Yeah. So I think that this is something that we do quite a bit as well at IBM. So we call it the Bragalog, and we actually deliver this in one of our women's leadership classes. And so something I've been working on is actually my to-be vision of myself, right? So if I could do that one, because the Bragalog is more along like the career aspirations, but my to-be vision in this moment of myself is something I'd love to share. And so I'd love to share that if that's okay. Yeah, that'd be great. We'd love to hear it. Wonderful, wonderful. So this is how I kind of been thinking about me at my best. And so I feel like I have to kind of affirm the person that I feel that I am, but remind myself this is the person that I am and I want to continuously be. And so my to-be vision for myself is I believe I'm an inspirational leader who energizes those I lead. I am passionate about my growth and the development of others. I am patient and caring and I treat everyone with compassion. I am curious and I show my caring through questions to understand. I am engaged and focused at work so that I can be a great leader in teamwork. These are my passions as the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer at IBM. Well, that was extremely well said. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. And I actually, I think you've provided a really excellent model for our audience. So I just want to like flag that for the audience because Carla expressed her vision for herself so beautifully and it was really um, high level and also supported with details. And I just thought it was beautifully done. So audience, pay attention. (laughs) All right, Carla, for our last question, what is your last piece of advice for our audience? Yeah, so look, we are in really challenging times with this pandemic and the race crisis, and we are experiencing things that are very new to all of us that's really challenging us to adapt in a different way. So the advice I would give is that this is the time to listen for understanding. It is the time to be empathetic to others. It's a time where we all have to show compassion and compassion through acting through support. And it's in time in which we need to embrace each other's individual identities, the authenticity, and where people are really trying to show up to be their true selves. Yeah. I just think this is the moment we're in. Absolutely. Compassion, empathy, but at the same time, advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to ask. And I loved, you know, I think it's this idea of opening your eyes, finding the right mentor for you, looking for the possible, finding the right career for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carla, you've given us wonderful advice. I loved talking with you today. Thank you for being here and for inspiring us all. Thank you, Romy. It was my pleasure. I look forward to more in the future. Thanks for joining us today on Fairy God Boss Radio. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and visit us at fairygodboss.com. 
See you next time.